Hello everyone, I'm Hazel Staff. And I'm Theron Staff. And you're listening to Leave Us Alone. This week we are talking about Among Others by Joe Walton. And we are having our old favorite, which we have not had on this show for so long. That is Bigelow Earl Grey Tea. Ah, it smells so good. Yes. So, this book's pretty good. I like it, yeah. We are not particularly far into it. We have different editions, but I am on page 62. Oh, they're the same. Cool. I have hardback. I do not. Neither of us really own a copy. They belong to the library. To two different libraries. Mm. (laughs) Which brings us to the importance of interlibrary loans, like is mentioned in the book. I was so excited about the library talking towards the end of what we were reading today. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because it's so rare that you see such a good portrayal of libraries and how good they are and how important they are and how some librarians are assholes, but most of them aren't. And usually the assholes are men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're men. Yeah. They haven't learned any better yet. We're working on it. Are they? I didn't say they are working on it. I said we're working on it. Oh. We're working on learning them. Learning them good. I'm not interested in learning any men. Okay. Me neither, really. Now that I'm not married to one anymore, I don't. I don't need to. <laughs> um. So this book is—it's hard to say what it's about because it's science fiction slash fantasy, um, mm. and a lot of the tension in it, and a lot of the way that the narrative is being told is by holding back information. Yes. (laughs) So we know that these twins uh, believe in fairies and magic, and that they believe that they have performed some magic with the help of these fairies. I believe them. Yeah. Um, The way, I love the way it talks about magic, because it is accurate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But carry on. So we see them performing magic Somewhere towards the beginning. It's probably the very beginning. And we later learn that our main character has lost her twin. That her twin, we eventually learn, is dead for sure. And that she got an injury during that predicament. Yes. I think it is implied that it was a car wreck. Is it? But I did not it's not on. definite yet. Mm-hmm. And they got uh, killed and injured doing some magic that they were doing in order to save the world, which has been successful so far. Yes. That was a part of the good interlibrary alone thing. Mm -hmm. She was like, see, we did magic and there were consequences, but we're in that after part where we're dealing with the consequences and it's not part of the story anymore, really. And Tolkien was good at this and blah, blah, blah. Bad stuff. The world still exists and we have sunsets and interlibrary loans. Yes. So the main mystery of this book is being withheld from us and slowly we're being given little bits throughout the book as to what happened. And you really want to know what happened. But you're also 
willing to wait for it because it tells you all about all these good books that you gotta go look up and read. I'm not particularly interested in looking up all of these books. Um, it's basically a laundry list of science fiction books that I know that I should have read and have not. Because, I mean, it's set in the late 70s. Uh, so all of it is old stuff and it's all, like, establishing stuff for the current science fiction scene. You have Ursula Le Guin and um, Zelazny, and she talks about the, the Inklings a lot. Um, it's all stuff that I'm not too interested in because in the same way that I'm not that interested in reading the Bible, it's like, I feel like I get the building blocks that those have from this newer stuff that I have read in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have quite read quite a bit of the Inklings. Well, I mean, I've read The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, and I've read a good chunk of the Chronicles of Narnia. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if I've read all of it. And I made you read part of Place of the Lion. But I didn't like it, so I didn't finish it. Good. I might give it another try. Hmm. We might have a different uh, Charles Williams book coming up later on in the year. Yes. So, there's a part where she meets her father for the first time. Yeah. You don't actually see that, I guess, but we do see an interaction with the father. And I just love that scene where she comes into his study and is like, look at all of these books. Yeah. And And she goes over to the books and starts looking at them before she even talks to her father at all. And he's like, yes, this is the right way for a human being to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they don't know each other hardly at all. And it's really interesting that they just have this big connection and that they enjoy books and they enjoy the same type of books. And it's also interesting because it's kind of getting in the way a bit, I feel, because she's more interested in the book and the book aspect than getting to know her father any further. Well, I, I'm not even going to say I think. That is intentional. This girl is being held back by books. In the most recent scene that we read, she is literally being held back by books. She goes into town mm-hmm. She gets her new library card that she had to go through this whole rigmarole for. Um, and she gets eight books at the library because that's what she's allowed. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to the bookstore and gets more. And she goes to the secondhand store and gets more. And by that time, she just weighed down with books, literally. Like, she could barely walk back to the bus stop. Yes. She has purposely weighed herself down with all these books. Even though... She has an injured leg. It functions, but not well. Well, it's not even about functionality. It's the fact that it still hurts her all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, she limps, but the problem is the pain that she lives with. (laughs) So, yeah, she weighs herself down, even even though she knows that this is going to put a big pain and pressure on her leg. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she still willingly does it because she loves books and she only gets so many chances to come to town to check 
hang out. Yes. What I'm curious about is how she has made this, the friends that she has made. Like, it talks about how the three of them are outsiders because yes. she is a cripple, as she says. Um, and one of her friends is Jewish. And I don't remember what the other person is, but she's an outsider in some way. Yes. Um, and so they have this bond over being different from the rest of the girls. But she's describing her reading habits and she's spending every moment of her free time reading. She's reading two books a day on top of her classes. Mm -hmm. And like for a kid, her age, a book a day, if you're into reading is not over the top, but Mm -hmm. multiple books a day is, uh, the books that she's reading. It's basically, she's reading Chekhov and stuff. She's reading serious ass books. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) she's averaging two books a day. I've, read a lot more than two books in a day, but um, a lot of those were smaller books. Right. And, yeah, she reads some heavy stuff. She reads a lot of not heavy stuff, too, though. But two books a day with school, even though a lot of school she can't participate in. It's true. She does have, I think, does it, she has three hours of phys ed that she can't participate yes. in because of her leg. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a bit much. But she does get find time to hang out with them some. Um, I really liked her meeting of her new friends. Who's not just like, oh, I'm an outcast like you. We should hang out. But is like, hey, you do really well in that chemistry class with me. I really love chemistry. And I, we, sh- we, we, should, we should be friends. They meet on the bus the first time she's coming back. Okay, I kind of remember Her that. Gil, I think. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Um, I think that the times that I stopped reading, I remember the name Gil for sure. Mm-hmm. The times that I stopped reading were bad for holding memories of that, but I, I did, I do sort of remember. Sixth of October, nineteen seventy nine. Ooh, a new friend, scientist. That's all I wrote. But there's some good stuff mm-hmm. there uh, with what she wants to do in her life. Yeah. Um, so tea time, probably? Sure. I just took the bag out of mine a little a little while ago. Let's do some tea. We don't have much to say. I just thought that we should mention, like, hey, we're going to drink some tea now. And it smells so good, and I don't trust people who don't like Earl Grey tea. What girl character's listening? Does she not like Earl Grey tea? I don't know. Somebody made a comment, like, at least it's not Earl Grey, and she agreed. And I know she buys, like, English breakfast twinings, like, special ones from England that she orders online. Mm-hmm. Which might be better than the regular stuff that we have packaged here. I don't know. I find... I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers here if we have any listeners who care about this kind of thing. I find that British people think that they know everything about tea, and I tend to not like British tea very much at all. Mm-hmm. I I like the concept of the triangular tea bags that they have, and I like Earl Grey tea, but most British people I talk to are like, that stuff is no good. Possibly it's because it's like the tea, it's like looked into them or something, like it's mm-hmm. the tea that you have when you're little or whatever. But 
I don't trust British people with tea. <laughs> well, then. I trust them more than Southern people. <laughs> it's good. Um, I have been having this lately, and I've been adding milk to it, which I have not been doing for quite some time, and it is really good that way. Good. Yeah. It is good that way. That's how I have it most of the time. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe they don't like Twining's Earl Grey tea, and they would really like Bigelow Earl Grey tea. Maybe. I kind of just want to yell out, We love you, Twining's! Even though it's not really true, because we've not had a Twining's product that we really liked. Why would we love to say that we love somebody who we don't even really like very much? Oh, so they do not destroy us in our tea sleep. This is a fiction that I was unaware of. Do we have a tea sleep? I just make up fictions all the time. It's my job. <laughs> I'm supposed to write them down, too. But. Okay. So do we want to talk about magic in this book? Sure. Or did you have something more important? No, we can talk about magic. As a witch, I am sure you have a good point of view on this. It is very obviously written by a witch or somebody who has done research on practical witchcraft. Um, she says the problem it's in there somewhere. She says the problem that I have with magic is that I want it to be like magic in the books that I read, even though I know it's more about wishing for something and the universe arranging a series of coincidences that will help you. It's not like a flower appears in your hands. It's like you snap your fingers for a flower to appear in your hands and somebody walks by and drops it into your hand at that moment because it has been arranged. Yes. Um, And yeah, that's very good. Yes. I believe the first magic that we see in the book is explained later. And like, they took... Each took a flower and dropped it in this pool at Pharmacite. Yeah. In order to destroy Pharmacite. And they were kind of hoping that it would, like, crumble to dust right before them. And it didn't. And they are like, well, did this work? I don't know if this worked. And then they went home, and, like, the next day, it was announced that the factory was closing. And sure, all that legal procedure had been going on for months. But if they hadn't put these flowers in this pool, it would never have happened. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I like how the magic is treated in this book. It's, you know, a few years old now, um, the setting, actually, but it's uh, modern day. It's a fantasy that takes... Place? Place, that's it. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, the impression that I get is that it's a fantasy that takes place during the author's childhood, as so many yes. things are. This is a fantasy that takes place on modern-day Earth. Yes. And I don't really read too many of those. I'm very into the classic Middle- medieval European-type fantasy, um, which is kind of shameful to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a lot of fantasy, but I really like that setting. Um 
I have read the Arabian Nights, which is similar-ish in places. Yes. Except in a different setting, and that's also a really cool setting. Well, I like setting it in the past. I just think that Europe isn't the end-all, be-all. Yeah. Um, which is why on Roll Like a Girl right now, I have the season that I'm DMing set in basically ancient Egypt rather than mm. medieval Europe. Yeah, that's good. I mean, a lot of the stuff from the Arabian Nights has leaked over because that was really popular for a while. Mm-hmm. So we have stuff like Jinn and Marids and stuff like that. And I always try to pull from there whenever I'm doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I've read more of it than most people. Yeah. Um, since I finished it. Of course, most of the good stuff you can just find in a collection. You don't actually need to read the whole thing if you're yeah. interested in the fantasy aspect. I would like, as I have that, I have squirreled away that copy of the Odyssey that was translated for the first time by a woman, mm-hmm. I would love to read a a good collection of the Arabian Nights translated by a woman. Or a group of women, because just one person tackling that is pretty... Oh, I don't need to read all 1001 Nights. I'm not an insane person like my wife. I'd be fine with, you know, the top 10 or 20 stories. Yeah. (laughs) One big volume. Mm Mm-hmm. There's some good stuff in there, but it is hard to find, and a selection is really all you need. Yeah. I don't know what we're talking about that, but uh, we did that, so. We're talking about um, fantasy that we enjoy in different settings, Mm -hmm. and it flowed well into this other thing, because I think that being, being a girl, yeah. Being a girl is a part of this book. Um, I also think I find it very interesting. I don't know if I find it believable, though. The character, what do we? What is her name? Well, it's only three letters long. You think we could remember it? I know Moore is one of them, but I think that's her sister. I think they're both Moore. Well, yeah, they can both be Moore, but she refers to herself in a different one. I think, and her sister is more. Though at the beginning of the book, it implies that they are just the same person living in one body. Which has disappeared since. I don't know if that's just because the author is hiding it now until a later reveal. Or uh, if I was just reading that wrong, or if it was dropped or what. Um, so what I'm looking at is her mother, who she has run away from, Mm -hmm. sends her a letter, and she is talking about how it is dripping negative energy in a way that other people wouldn't recognize. Mm -hmm. I was looking for that because... One of those negative things is that her mother addressed it to Morwenna Markova, which means that she knows the name that the character is using. Yes. 
I think that they would have an easier time, a casual observer, noticing how dripping with negative energy the letters are if they looked at that picture her mom sent her. Well, the picture was later. Yeah. She said the mother sent that saying, I can send you a picture. Uh, and more when a new, like, that's bad news, but I want a picture of my twin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she sent a picture of Morwenna and her twin at the beach Mm -hmm. and Morwenna was burnt out of it. Yeah. Much like she had burned uh, her father out of pictures of them after he left. Mm -hmm. I feel like that scene had the effect on me that the author intended. <laughs> because I I said it to you at the time after I finished it I said this girl's mother is scary in the same way as Jadis the queen from the Chronicles of Narnia is mm-hmm. like a deep I have this deep repulsion to her like I had recurring nightmares about Jadis when I was a kid mm-hmm. um, and then like the next journal entry starts and the Chronicles of Narnia <laughs> are mentioned <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's it. That's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> so she ran away from her mother, and when I say ran away, um, it's a bit more complicated than that because she got social services to put her with somebody else. Yeah. Because none of her family would go against her mother. And if social services put her with someone else, they found reasonable cause for her to be uh, moved. Yes. So they put her with her father because of ridiculous reasons, she says, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, She would have liked to go with one of her aunts, I believe. Yes. So this book is very good at burying the plot and giving you stuff that you're interested in anyway. Mm-hmm. But I'm not particularly interested in the chapters where she talks about her lineage, like her genealogy. Yes. Some of it is interesting. Some of the stories are good. The fact that she had aunts that were lesbians, that it was just sort of accepted, yeah. is cool. But I'm not held by those chapters. Yeah, there are a lot of interesting, just like short uh, moral or political things, however you want to view that, that pop in here. Like, she was like, oh, well, I thought that sex was kind of bad because that's how people portray it. Right, I started but I think off- it's kind of more neutral and I'm going to be more sex positive now. Mm-hmm. And uh, talking about various sexuality things. Yeah, I started talking about that and got sidetracked, I think, by myself. Where I was saying, I don't think it's too realistic that this solitary young girl has, in the 70s, completely in isolation, figured out gender and sexuality things that the dominant culture now is only sort of coming to almost accept. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, I'm not sure if that's just the author doing representation or, hey, cool it, be, be cool. Or, like, hey, I'm writing this book for kids, and kids uh, 
I'm definitely stuff. I'm definitely getting both trans and ace vibes from this book. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the trans thing will follow through, but yeah, we shall see. So yeah, it's a very interesting book so far. Um, there's lots of things in here to keep you occupied while you're waiting for <laughs> just waiting for the main plot to tell you what it is. Especially since the plot seems to have occurred in the past. Right. Though there's obviously a plot that's going to occur with her mother in the present as well. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I'm expecting a plot like you would normally think of a plot. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if she just told us what happened in the past and maybe some kind of event happens, but it doesn't have to be a big event. Well, it's a... Do you call books that are journals epistolaries? Yes, I think so. Okay, so it's... That might be letters. Well, epistolary is letters, but I don't know if there's a specific word for journals that's different. Probably just journals, but I'm not sure. But anyway, she's obviously... It's a coming-of-age story... And it seems like it might mostly happen inside her own head as she processes all the bad shit that mm-hmm. went down with her. And I think that's very interesting. Yes. <laughs> I think we're pretty much done unless you have something else important to okay, say. Okay, I don't think I really have much else to say because we haven't read much. And we will probably finish this book up for next time. I think, yeah. Because we're both getting into it or we're enjoying it now and I have time to read. So... Yeah. I don't have too much time this week. Uh, probably the weeks that we missed, like we've missed two weeks now, mm-hmm. they've probably both been days when I had to work on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. Yes. Well, I think you'll have time this time. I believe in you. Thank you. I do have a very light work August. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of fucking shit going on with podcasts. But I, d- yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot of work. Why are we launching a podcast right before... Um, International Podcasting yeah. Month? Um, well, I mean, all of... Or not all of, because I, I, I have a recording session on Saturday, but most of our work for IPM is finished now. Yes. It's all finished, but, you know, there's going to be... The market's going to be inundated with... 80 billion podcasts. Well, I'd say we could hold it off, but we promised our patrons. Yeah. And also... The, I think it's fine, really. A lot of our listeners to a lot of a lot of stuff are separate from the RPG thing, because we get a lot of listeners from, uh, from Interference, which is sort of... Yes, audio drama. We get audio drama was attacked on to the end of yep. this, because Tess is, doesn't, doesn't really isn't really involved in that community. Yeah. It's all her she's, she's the RPG lady. Yeah. She listens to audio dramas, but she's the role-playing game lady. But not only am I editing our new podcast, I am going to be working on fulfilling Indiegogo rewards mm-hmm. for the successful uh, indie audio drama site to become you know, 50% of the audio drama tests. Yeah, you can become. <laughs> you guys can become the audio drama test, and next year when IPM comes around, you can spearhead the audio drama segment of that. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to read along, next week we will be reading this book, among others, by Joe Walton. We'll probably finish it up. 
You can get in touch with us on Twitter at TheOrkZone or via email at leapusalone.cast at gmail.com. If you want to talk books or tea or podcasts or whatever Yeah, anything. Talk to us. Um, this show is an OrkZone production. If you are interested in supporting it, or more likely if you're interested in supporting one of our other shows... There are links in the show notes where you can find our Patreon or our Tee Public store and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You can also find info about pretty much anything we do at WorkZone.com. Last, but certainly not least, I would like to thank the Free Conega Orchestra for the use of their song Pitman's Love Song as our theme. <laughs> you can and should download their music at FreeFandango.bandcamp.com.